You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Okay, listeners, welcome back. Another episode of the Homeschool Dropout. This is kind of fun. Last week, we had Mary Beth Barrett on, and she talked about her homeschooling journey in Alabama and what it was like for her growing up as the only girl in a big family of boys. So that's a really fun episode. You should definitely go check out last week's episode. And this week, we have her husband on, Rocky. So Rocky, thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. I ran into you too. I talked to Mary about this last time, but I, I was on Instagram and just kind of like, you know, perusing and the algorithm was pushing stuff to me. And I saw one of your videos and it just made my day. It was just, I guess, making light and fun and tasteful humor of some of the homeschool stereotypes that are out there. And, and so that's kind of how I ran into you. And I think you and Mary make really charming content too. A lot of your wedding videos, I'm like, oh, these two these two lovebirds, like <laughs> they're so in love. I know it's really charming. I like it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So let's just dig into it and get going off the bat here. Why don't you give listeners your background on homeschooling, how your family decided to homeschool and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, for sure. So I was homeschooled my entire life from kindergarten up till my senior year of high school. I had an incredible experience with it. I was super close with both my brothers. We were doorsteps, so about a year apart for each of us. Doorsteps? Doorstep kids. So my brother is one year older than me, about a year and a half, and I'm about a year and a half older than my younger brother. Oh, I've never heard that term before. I have doorstep siblings. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, right. So you're just like kind of like packed in there. Yeah, we were all super tight-knit family because of mm. that too. So my brothers and I were best friends. We woke up at like five in the morning and would do our school as fast as we possibly could so we could play for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All that we could with, without my parents. But it didn't come without struggles. My mom struggled teaching me how to read for my first couple years learning how to read because I was dyslexic. So eventually she just kind of gave up on it, gave me a book and said, okay, Rocky, you have to figure out how to do this. Interesting. So kind of walk us through there. I actually need a context question here. Were there any philosophies that guided your parents' homeschooling style or approach and how they wanted to provide the kids with education? Yeah, they wanted us to have a biblical basis. So, you know, history was based off of the facts from the Bible, not going into evolution and things that they disagreed with. Okay. Okay. So a strong, like kind of creationist foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So there wasn't like a... For example, my my family really leaned into Thomas Jefferson education. That's one philosophy. There's like Montessori, there's Waldorf, there's Lemmy. You didn't really lean into any of those philosophies. It was more, let's do a a Christian-centered learning environment at home. I wouldn't say that we chose like one direct philosophy, really. They would would base our curriculum off of our interests. I guess that was more towards high school. We would always start with Bible whenever my mom was awake, but us boys getting up early before her and doing our school. But when she got up, we would usually start with prayer and some Bible. So what do you mean you got up and got going with school? Like, how did you know what needed to be done each day? Oh, well, we, of course, my mom started us out on school. So day by day, we figured out what we needed to do. We would finish each subject. After we finished a subject, we wouldn't really take a break. We would go right onto the next one, try to finish as fast as we could and 
our cousins did the same thing so we could all play. Okay, so you knew that every day there was like an expectation that schoolwork had to happen and that you couldn't really go play unless these things were done. And there was like, I don't know, books laying around or like worksheets that you had to kind of complete. And once those were done, get out there? We had curriculums. So okay. like here in middle school, we had computers that we did our school with. So there's a computer curriculum, I'm not sure of the name, but you know, it made sure all our tasks were laid out. We had tests, we had quizzes. Before that, we had like ace books and stuff like that when we were younger. Okay. All right. That's helping paint a better picture for me, I guess, and seeing. Because when I think of three boys getting up and doing their schoolwork at 5 a.m., I'm like, what on earth are they doing at 5 a.m.? <laughs> and what what kid springs out of bed to do his schoolwork, you know? And so I'm just trying to like piece your life together there. It makes sense though. Yeah. My older brother was kind of the leader. So we followed what he did, followed his example. I see. All right. You're, I guess your parents lucked out that he was so gung-ho. Okay. So then with that context, let's talk about, you mentioned you, you struggled with dyslexia a little bit. Did your mom kind of pick up on that and what was her approach? And how did you feel as a kid knowing that your learning style was different from everyone around you? I mean, for a time, it was a little bit difficult because my brothers, my cousins, they started playing chess right around this time we started reading as well. So about how old are you? I'm, I guess, probably, my mom noticed my dyslexia as soon as I started reading, probably like five, okay, five years old or so. But then we were six, seven when we started playing chess. My older brother was eight or nine. Okay. And they were playing chess and I just... I had struggled with it. I saw letters backwards. My reading was weird and I couldn't figure out the way the knight moved because the knight moves in an L shape. Oh, I see. Okay. So that pattern, that movement of the knight just wasn't like computing. It messed with my brain so much. And my uncle rock noticed this and he thought what I'm named after my uncle rock, by the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. He taught us how to play chess. And so he noticed that and he got the board, wiped all the other pieces off of it and just put the knight on there. And he taught me how to do the night moves. It took me forever to learn. But my reading just enhanced by so much once I figured that out. It was like a huge mental block that I just completely got over it once I learned the night. Wait, 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 wait. So you're, you're telling, I'm trying to like compute this. So, so in your mind, and as you reflect back on your childhood, you knew that you kind of struggled with reading a little bit and you've connected it to this experience with chess where mm -hmm. it's like the night is almost, a, it's become like a symbol of struggle with chess. And you really did see a difference. Once you figured out how the night moved, your reading kind of like resolved itself. Absolutely. I don't think it was just because I discovered like how the night moved, but also the practicing and practicing, mm. seeing that patterns, it trained my brain, the correct patterns of the night move. And then that just correlated with my reading. That's wild. So you're about five or six when this is going on. Well, at five, my mom kind of gave up teaching me how to read at like around five or six. And she gave me a book around the same time I'm playing chess. Yeah. And so I just started reading on my own and figured it out. So I taught myself how to read and my Uncle Rock kind of helped me out a lot though by teaching me chess and how the knights properly move. Okay. So this is sounding a little more intentional that your mom noticed there was a struggle and then she just kind of let you tackle it in your own way. Here's mm -hmm. books. Here's shapes and letters and ink markings and they mean something and then you practice with your uncle and they kind of just coalesced into patterns in your brain and organizing things they did for sure yeah wow that's, i think that's a remarkable story i don't think that 
Here's what I'll say about that. I feel like I'm not like a, I don't have a lot of training in reading and teaching kids how to read. Uh I don't feel like that would have been the approach if you had been in public school. No, I don't. I think, I'm not sure what they would have done, but I probably would have been held back because I was so frustrated with my reading, honestly. I kind of had a little temper too when I was that age. (laughs) Okay. So I remember just getting so overwhelmed. My breathing would get really intense because I was so frustrated that I couldn't do it. I was also a little bit OCD. I wanted things perfect and it annoyed me so much that I couldn't get it. So whenever my mom was teaching me, I would just start kind of getting really agitated and almost having a little panic attack whenever I couldn't figure things out. So then she decided that she would just let you do it on your own. Yeah. As a kid, did you feel, how did you see that experience with your mom saying, okay, you've got this. Did you feel like, was there abandonment or was there like trust there? Or how did you like process that as a kid? Because it was definitely a different experience from your siblings. No, it was different for sure. But I just, I was a very determined kid. So it was, I didn't, I wasn't offended at all that my mom wanted me to do it by myself. I was, it kind of motivated me. Hmm. And you did it. I did it. Yeah. I started reading and I learned to enjoy reading. And that helped a ton. Okay, so you did work through it. Do you are you reading anything now? I this is just out of my own curiosity. Yeah, I'm reading Atomic Habits, and I'm reading a novel as well right now. But that's just for fun. Uh, most of the time, when I tell my friends I'm reading just for fun, like like I've read The Hunger Games, I've read Lord of the Rings, I've read Harry Potter, I've read like all the bigger like formative books. I guess that kind of like swept through childhood. I haven't done a lot of like Brandon Sanders. But I definitely read, I guess I'm thrilled that you worked through it and you read for fun. I do have a good time reading. I love it. Oh, me too. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of fun. It takes you into a whole nother world. I was telling my mom the other day, I do have a weird thing for like military literature, reading up on World War II cool. and World War One, and, and so I've read like Unbroken and Victor Frankl and Anne Frank and like The Last Green Valley and just these epic stories of the human spirit. Anyway, I don't want to bury too deep into that. I could talk about books forever and ever, but let's, let's talk more about, I have found that homeschoolers in general, for some reason, tend to struggle with STEM subjects. How did your family approach STEM and like the maths, the sciences, and kind of those harder, more exacting disciplines? Yeah. So I guess middle school level, high school level, what would you be talking about here? Yeah, let's kind of move into those ages, I guess, like middle school, high school, like your algebras, your chemistries, and kind of those subjects. How did your family approach it? I actually loved science and math growing up. So I did algebra. It was on the computer. So, you know, that's moving into high school, but my family was still doing the computer curriculum. I'm not, I can't remember what it was, but I had a 4.0 that year because I, nice. I loved it. Okay. And I enjoyed the math and the science a ton. So yeah, we just, we used the computer curriculum for that. So my mom wasn't really so much as hands-on because she didn't feel like she could teach the high school science and math. Okay. So you kind of outsourced it and then made sure that, I guess I'm just impressed with your family's discipline. Like it sounds like you kids did your homework. You did your schooling. Well, we got, we were in trouble if we didn't. So that, <laughs> okay. that motivated us too. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything unless school was done. So we were locked down until we were done with school. What was something that you just absolutely, as you think back, what did you really love about your homeschooling experience? What's your big, like, I don't know, nostalgic takeaway there? Probably just being able to do it with my family. 
my brothers and I were still best friends to this day. We were like on the cruise. We met a guy, my brother and I, and he told us he had never seen brothers with the relationship we had ever in his life. I feel incredibly blessed to have how close knit our family is from it. Like we have so much respect for my parents and we all love each other so much. How would you describe your relationship with your brother? My older brother, he's, I guess he's kind of like a leader to my younger brother. And I, I've always looked up to him. He showed us like tough love kind of growing up. He would always stand up for us no matter what, but he was the only one that was allowed to bully us. <laughs> which, <Okay. laughs> and of course, sometimes that was agitating, but he always did it with love, even if he didn't want us to know that. He always was pushing me to become better. We played sports together all throughout high school, throughout elementary, even we played football for a public school team. We were on the same team. Then throughout high school, we played basketball on the same team because we are so close in age. Yeah, he's always been like the leader to my younger brother and I. Do you think that would have been, I mean, there's no way of knowing, right? But had you been public schooled, do you feel like that would have been different? I think, I think it probably would have because I'm an extremely social person. So I think I probably would have went and got other friends, got with a group and my brother would have been in the cooler group than I would have been growing up. Ah. <laughs> so we probably would have been separated, sadly. But I'm blessed that we didn't. Out of all the things you could have picked, you picked a relationship, which I think is really special. I had my niece reach out to me the other day and she was like, hey, a school project. And she was supposed to like reach out to someone that, and this is not meant to like flaunt myself at all, but like someone that she felt was like doing well in life. And I was very flattered. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, so she asked me (laughs) questions and she was like, what do you do for work? Like, how much do you travel? And what are your hobbies and stuff? And then she's like, what is one thing that you're really proud of in the last five years? And the first thing that came to my head, I was like, I just like, am so proud of my relationships. I, I mm. love my friends and I am close to my family. And like, that's all I could think of. And, and I've done other stuff, right? But I, I do think that I homeschooled with my siblings and we went through hard things together. And no one will understand you like your siblings can because they oh, absolutely parents, you know, and like, there's so much shared memory there. So it's really cool. I guess I'm just, <laughs> I love that that's what you picked was your family. I remember I have a story of a hard time going through with okay. my younger brother. You wanted to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to hear, I was about to ask like, what were some harder things that happened growing up? So my parents, uh, we were pretty poor growing up at first. And then my mom wrote a book. The book went huge. They became a lot more successful so they could travel a lot more. Once we were later in high school and my parents traveled a lot, you know, I had a license so I could take care of my younger brother and younger sister. So it was just me and them two left. But I remember we were at a basketball game. I think it was the second game before our championship game. So I got to play basketball with my younger brother as well. My older brother's married. He's moved out. And on the way home from our basketball game, we come home and I remember the It's just a feeling you never forget. I'm so glad I was there with my brother, but we come home, we see flames underneath our house. And then we open the door, the entire home's filled with smoke. And there's like a glowing red inside the house. We don't go in, but I open the door. I call out our dogs. So blessed. All our dogs came out. We had three dogs at the time, but our house was on fire. Our air conditioning unit exploded. There must've been an issue there. It exploded and it caught the house on fire. And at that time, it was too late. We couldn't do anything. We called the fire department. They got there about 40 minutes, but our whole house was in flames by the time they got there. So that was a, that was a pretty scary, scary moment for us. But I was there with my brother and it brought us a lot closer, you know, reassuring each other. Everything's going to be okay. Nobody was in the house. It was just things were okay. 
Wow. So it was just you two because your parents were traveling and the older siblings had like moved out of the house and had their lives going. And I was scared for my younger sister because I didn't know if she was there in the house or not. So I called my cousins right away. Oh, gosh. Thankfully, she was staying over at oh, their house. Yeah. So Holy that God. was a huge relief. Yeah. That. How old were you? That definitely impacts kind of your, your growing up years. I would have been 17 then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your house burned down in high school. Yep. Oh my my parents were gone. <laughs> uh, I don't so. know. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's something that you and your brother will just have forever. And we're so lucky that our new house was being built during that time, which was just like half a mile up the road. So we went and slept in our unfinished house. Okay, there you go. So you did have like options there, but that's a, that's a, have you seen um Inside Out? Is that what it is? That movie with like, yeah. Yeah, that's a core memory. The emotions. It is yeah. a core memory yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, making that core memory. So <laughs> that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> excellent. Okay, well, yeah, it just sounds like you homeschooling allowed you to have these really formative years with your family, with your siblings, mm-hmm. and you were able to just foster relationships that have carried into your adulthood, which is, I think, becoming more rare as time goes on. Do you have any regrets about homeschooling, or or if there was one thing you could change? what would it be? I don't know if I would change anything because I think everything was in God's perfect plan. Honestly, I feel extremely blessed. You were never curious as a kid. Did you have phases where you kind of wanted to go to school or were you, it just always felt right? My parents actually used public school like as a threat. Whenever we were being really naughty, (laughs) I remember my mom being like, hey, if you guys don't act up, I'm going to send you to school. (laughs) <laughs> so we we were kind of we didn't ever really want to go to school we we kind of recognized what we had mm-hmm. and how lucky we were that we could finish school quickly on our own time and then get to hang out with each other our best friends all lived right there our cousins were our best friends and we got to play homeschool sports so we didn't feel like we were missing out on much i remember before we played homeschool basketball we were playing at a football team and it was for a public school and so we actually almost went to school for that because they weren't going to let us play homeschooled anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was, if it had happened, it would have been because of sports. Yes. Yeah. Because my brother was really good at quarterback, my older brother. I was never that great, but my older brother was like the star quarterback in the county. And so <laughs> they wanted him so bad. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did recruiting him. I suppose something that helped with that choice growing up was, uh, you mentioned this before, you know, earlier when we talked. You grew up in a very vibrant community of homeschoolers, and so did Mary. I'm, and I guess for listeners, doing all you can to give your kids that community, I think is really important. It'll help them feel belonging and feel like they're part of something. And those are important feelings as a kid. You want to belong. Mm-hmm. You want to be part of something. And so you were provided that through your, your like homeschooling community. I think that's nice. You don't feel like you missed out on the high school experience. I feel very blessed. Yeah. Okay, so let's move into your graduation and what you're doing now. How did your family approach graduation? Was it through those online curriculums and courses and you like homeschool graduated or what was the approach? Yeah, it was our gateway. Gateway was our umbrella school. And by my senior year, I already had most all my credits already finished. So I was doing like school halftime and working a full-time job in my senior year. So I was doing school at night and working full-time job doing construction. Such a better approach for a kid. Honestly, you get that real world experience. You're out there. You see how things work instead of just like 
I don't know, sitting around in a classroom for eight hours. Totally. We got to choose our curriculum. So I chose business math because I knew I wanted to go into entrepreneurship, whether that be real estate or I still want to start other businesses as well. So I chose business math because I knew that would probably be the most beneficial for my career choice. That's really nice. You had an idea of where you wanted to end up and then you just picked curriculum that aligned with that. For sure. Yeah. So then you graduated and what have you been doing to help build your career? What are you up to is what I'm asking. So I had my real estate license in Tennessee. I still have that. So I am selling properties still in Tennessee, but it's okay. about two and a half hour drive. Wow. So okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm also working for one of my parents' companies. I'm doing import export. I'm project manager for the import export team. So, wow. I will never complain about my commute again. It's like 20 minutes and I absolutely hate it. You live in Alabama and you are, you have your license in Tennessee. So you're driving to Tennessee here and there to show homes and to be a real estate agent. Yeah. And then you're trying to get your license for Alabama, I believe, correct? Yeah. I'm doing that course right now. You're building your real estate career there. So far, have you felt like homeschooling has held you back in your profession or your career at all? I don't think it's held me back at all. If anything, I think it's been beneficial for my real estate career. I was around adults a lot more growing up than I feel like most kids were because they were always playing with kids. I enjoyed playing with my cousins and brothers a lot and other kids, but I also really enjoyed sitting and listening to adults talk and having conversations with other grownups. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was the kid that asked million questions. I think that developed my people skills pretty good. My in-person people skills. I just love, I love people. I love sitting down. I can talk forever when I'm with somebody. Uh, I'm a big people person. I've mentioned this in another episode, but career advice that I got was like 80% of your job is to just be likable. If people like you, then they'll, they'll do things for you. Just be likable. And so you definitely need that in real estate. It is so personal, that industry. Oh, for sure. I love it. It's so much fun. Oh, good for you. I feel like it would stress me out, <laughs> real estate. <laughs> I bought my first house in June and that like almost wrecked me. I was like, I am never doing this again. Yeah. Congratulations on purchasing a home though. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It, it was, it's been a good step and gosh, it's just like, no one told me that when you sit down to like sign with the title industry or title company, it's not just like, I thought it was just like one John Hancock on a piece of paper. But it is <laughs> no. like sign here, initial here, initial here. And I was like, I can't read all of these. I have no idea what's going on. You know? no, there's <laughs> so, a lot of paperwork in real estate. That's, so that's one thing. There's a lot of paperwork. But you get used to it. I, I mean, I will say you get used to it. <laughs> I don't want to get used <laughs> <Yeah>. to it. <laughs> so. I, you learn to memorize everything. So it's, it gets easier. Yeah. I, I, that was one of the strongest memories. You know, signing, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> so, but it works out. No, I, um, definitely a first, the first can be a little bit awkward when you're doing all the paperwork. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, what advice do you have for homeschooling families and and like i'm sure you're aware of the movement that's happening right now there's a lot of people homeschooling i think a lot of people parents that went through the public system and enjoyed it and that's kind of all they know and they're looking at homeschooling there's a lot of fears a lot of parents feeling inadequate dealing with neighbors thinking you know you're crazy what would you say for those families i think it's just doing the best for your kids honestly gives them giving them a beautiful opportunity as homeschooling, it was a huge blessing for me 
Well, I feel like a lot of people started doing it because kids were out of school during COVID, the whole COVID mess. A lot of kids just, they were forced to be homeschooled, whether they were doing the same school curriculum from home, which you, you can do that too if you feel afraid that you don't, you can't teach your kids as well. The curriculum now is just so advanced. It's just so doable for a kid himself or herself to pick up. It teaches you step-by-step quizzes, tests, the whole nine yards, really. So if you don't feel adequate to teach, you can get a really good curriculum that can basically do it all for you. There are so many resources out there. I want to pick your brain on one thing real quick. You've used this word often. You keep saying that you were blessed with homeschooling. Can you like describe why? Why are you that word and why do you feel that way? Because I, I can't really say lucky because I know that everything that I have is from God. And he... He's given me the life I've had because he loves me so much. And every blessing comes from God. Every good thing is from the Lord. And so I, I'm just, I'm honestly the most thankful person in the world. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel just, it. I have everything, everything and more that I ever could have dreamed of. And just not, not even material things. It's for me, it's just the people God's blessed me with, where I am in life, uh, the opportunity to talk to wonderful people like you. Every, everything I'm just so thankful for that God gave me. I appreciate you throwing me in there into that, <laughs> into that. Of course, yeah, you're a bucket you of. You seem gratitude. like a super awesome guy. Super <laughs> awesome guy, Mike. Hey, if you're ever on the West Coast, we can definitely go grab lunch or something. That'd be awesome. I'll hold you up to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would love to sit down with you and Mary and just like chit chat about homeschool. I, I, I have so many like warm feelings towards homeschoolers. It's like we had this shared experience separately, and something I've loved about the show is. I feel less alone. Even in my in my adult years, like I did feel alone as a kid. And we there were like three families I knew that were homeschooled. And we were I knew people thought we were weird. I really felt that. But as I've been doing this and having these conversations, I'm like, oh, these are my people. Like we we were homeschooled and like I'm building tremendous pride in that. And so it's almost, dare I say, therapeutic for me. I'm like coming to terms with my own childhood. So yeah, wholeheartedly, either of you on the West Coast, please let me know. Um, I need to let you go. I've kept you way longer. I definitely want to point listeners to the to the excellent content you and Mary are making. So your Instagram is at Rocky underscore Ball Barrett, right? That's your Instagram. Yes, sir. Yep. And I will point to that on my show notes page for listeners. And then I, I know most listeners probably don't have TikTok. I do have TikTok and I do follow you and Mary. It's the Barrett fam. You two just hit, I think, 10,000 followers. Is that right? Yeah, I think she might be at 12 now. We might be on 12 um, on TikTok as well now. I love so it. It's growing pretty quick. I mean, it's warranted. You two are too like hallmarky. It's like so, <laughs> I just love it. So definitely listeners, go look at their page, go look at their content. It is so heartwarming and so like, I feel like real and authentic. And now having spoken to both Mary and Rocky, I, I just, I wish you both the best. Thank you so much. I hope the best for you too, Mike. Thank you. And uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Thanks, Rocky. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey everyone, to make sure you don't miss weekly episodes of The Homeschool Dropout, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcasting platform.